Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home podcast. I'm Francesco, podcasting from the regular office of uh, Amethyx Technologies based in Brussels, Belgium. If you think that whatever comes out of Apple is novel, new and didn't exist before, I think you should think again. Remember the noise that we made when uh, Apple decided to combat the spread of uh, so-called CSAM, the child sexual abuse material? And uh, a lot of people out there started complaining that Apple was in fact using this as a strategy to put their eye on, uh, on your private photos on iCloud or whatever other service, commercial service they provide to users. Well, I would make some statement in this episode that I don't believe that was the case. But before that, I would like also to explain some of the technology behind uh, their algorithm to catch, let's say, the bad guys, that for sure. Um, and that's called Neural Hash. Neural Hash is uh, essentially a deep learning network that allows uh, one to um, detect similarities uh, among pictures or, well, detect similar pictures to other pictures in a potential dictionary, um, which is exactly what Apple wanted when they implemented this, uh, this method. But before speaking about neural hash, we should be speaking about hash or, well, hashing. <laughs> so the, the concept of hashing is something that is extremely old in the community and, of course, in the, in the field of computer science in general. In computer science, a hash, a hash function essentially helps us compute, let's say, a fingerprint of whatever content we have. For example, a file, an image, or a video, or even a text file. Of course, the type of hashing that we are discussing here and that Apple implemented in their neural hash algorithm is not the type of hashing that we are used to. And that is the so-called cryptographic hashing. You know, algorithms like MD5, SHA-256, etc. These are algorithms that are designed to generate a hash uh, that is the fingerprint of your file, of your content, that is extremely different if you flip even one single bit in the input. Okay? So these cryptographic hashes are, um, you know, have another purpose. Um, what was the purpose of Apple and what is the purpose in this particular scenario is to hash images by similarity, which means that two images that are supposedly similar should also have similar fingerprints. Um, and that's not exactly the same that happens with the MD5 or SHA. What we need here is something called perceptual hashing. And um, perceptual hashing is essentially an algorithm that produces a so-called fingerprint of uh, various forms of multimedia and uh, is a kind of a locality-sensitive hash algorithm, which is analogous if the features of the content that you're hashing are indeed similar. And so if you have two images, for example, that are, you know, very similar to each other, for example, one contains the other, or you have an, the second image that is a tiny little crop ver cropped version of the, of the original one, or if you add a, a watermark to your image, right? Uh, you can still see the image, that there is an image there, is exactly the same or very, very similar to the one, to the original one. And that's why, you know, you need a perceptual hashing because perceptually you, you perceive that the, the two images are indeed similar. And you want to reflect this also in the hash because at the end of the day, what the algorithm will do is essentially searching that hash that I, it has been computed on the on the query image and it has to go into a dictionary of hashes in a data, database of hashes of illegal hashes 
and check if there is anything similar to uh, whatever is in the data set, right? Um, and by similar, I mean that the hash, uh, you know, this fingerprint can also change slightly. Uh, you know, it doesn't really have to be identical um, because identical means that probably the two images are uh, exactly the same. Well, that's in the happy path or in the best case scenario. So let's speak about this neural hash algorithm. Well, the neural hash algorithm is um, essentially a massive neural network, it's, I think more than 200 layers. So it's pretty large model. Uh, and it's of course proprietary uh, by Apple. Apple hasn't uh, released this model. The only thing we know is that this model is, you know, belongs to the family of uh, convolutional neural network models um, that are, you know, pretty much the de facto standard in computer vision. And the other thing that we know is that someone reverse engineered it already <laughs> um, by providing even a, um, you know, a clone or something that behaves pretty much the same as neural hash, though much less robust than, uh, than uh, the original algorithm, of course. But it has been uh, implemented in, I think, in TensorFlow Keras. I found in the last few days a gist on, on GitHub with, with that code. Not only the algorithm has been reversed, but a practitioner, uh, I would say a really cool guy, has broken it and creating so-called hash collisions. And so essentially, uh, he tried to he tried to attack this model and um, you know forge uh, particular images uh, such that these images would have landed to a hash collision. And I will explain what hash collision means in uh, in this case. Back to the model, it's, uh, as I said, it belongs to the family of convolutional neural networks, right? So this means that um, as all the those models out there in computer vision, we know that they are, they can be broken. Uh, and uh, even on this show, uh, several episodes ago, we spoke about so-called adversarial attacks, where essentially neural networks are, uh, you know, fooled and tricked by adding some noise to images and break the classification process entirely. I'm Jeff Wheelwright, tech journalist and host of the ARM Viewpoints podcast. Along with ARM, the company whose technology sparked the mobile revolution, we're bringing you the latest from the heart of the tech world. I've had fascinating conversations with industry experts about topics ranging from AI and data security to the promise of 5G and the future of healthcare. And we're just getting started. Join us as we explore the evolving world of computing. Download and subscribe to ARM Viewpoints at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And so we also described some of these adversarial attacks with some researchers who are involved in this uh, amazing field of research. And uh, we got to the conclusion that depending on the availability of the weights, for example, to the attacker or not, there are several you know, types of attacks that one can, uh, can perform. But uh, at the end of the day, what we realized is that for sure one can take an image, for example, classified as a dog, add some noise, so-called adversarial noise, uh, that can, can also be you know, not perceivable to the human eye. And uh, all of a sudden, that dog is uh, classified now as a cat or as whatever you want. So you, know, you can have, you can forge these um, particular images and that will fool the, the, the neural network model. Since the uh, neural hash algorithm belongs to the same family, several researchers have made an observation that indeed they are subject to the same limitations and so to the presence of adversarial attacks uh, you know, as part of that family of models in the literature. 
And that's exactly what has been done. So uh, some several types of hash collisions have been provided and uh, there is even source code that does that and you can play with that online. I will uh, report these links in the show notes of this episode as always. But uh, there are two essential types of, um, of hash collisions that have been performed. One fools the model to hash different images with the same hash, <laughs> which is you know uh, quite bad because by having, let's say, a perfectly legal image, one can add some, you know, random noise, well, not so random, but it's like targeted, targeted noise, and fool the algorithm completely by, you know, flagging an illegal hash, right? Because one can say, uh, I'm going to add some noise and make sure that neural hash will generate a hash that is eventually present uh, in that data set of illegal hashes, right? Or make it make the same hash uh, or generate the same hash of any legal image that I already have um, in my in my local database. And you know, at some point, Apple will start flagging people um, that really have nothing illegal on their laptop or on their phone. So this is essentially called false positives. The second type of hash collision is um, kind of the opposite. Uh, that is the same image. Uh, generates different hashes. And so when you have you know, exactly the same image or two images that are really, really very similar, like your eye probably doesn't even uh, understand where the differences are, um, they should have exactly the same hash or a hash that is, you know, very much in overlap with, uh, with each other. So the two hashes, I mean, they have to be almost identical. And that's also something that uh, might not happen, at least in these types of attack. So the same image can generate a different hash. And this means that you know, a malicious user can have an image that is, let's say, illegal. It's a no-no image. Um, it, it will apply some noise, some, some targeted noise. So the image is still visible and can be shared illegally because it's a bad image, but it will have a different hash. Uh, and it will probably have a hash that is definitely not, um, you know, similar to any of the bad images hashes, right? So this essentially will um, will fool the model in a way that um, Apple will not flag uh, the bad guys, and this is called false negative. In fact, it is a miss. So what can Apple do uh, in order to mitigate these type of attacks? Well. We said already in uh, in another episode that there are several countermeasures that one can take, um, and I'm probably gonna repeat them here because you know the model is exactly the same; it belongs to the same family, as I said, so it subjects to the same limitations, and therefore uh, these limitations can be essentially overcome with pretty much the same countermeasures. One in particular is that Apple should never make the model weights available. To the end user because we know that when the user doesn't have access to the neural network weights and in this case the the neural network is a particularly large network more than 200 layers it's going to be much harder for an attacker to perform an attack successfully but there are of course other methods that they can use to conduct an adversarial attack without knowing the weights we know that is possible but it's much much harder than having the weights at your disposal and of course, if that's the case, um, you know, it means that Apple cannot distribute their neural hash model 
to your iPhone or to your you know device or to the end user device. So they have to do pretty much anything on their on their servers. So the hashing has to happen on their servers. And to do that, they have to get access to your photos from your private space. Is that a limitation? Is that a violation of privacy? Yes, probably. But you think that Apple could not do that before already? I'm not, of course, insinuating anything, but you know, Apple is, in fact, the provider of the services that you know people use. And there are different criteria for which they, yes, they can access some of the data. And there is, of course, nothing that prevents them, except a regulation, of course, to access your data already. The other alternative is to make the attacker's life you know, much harder uh, by using several models instead of one. And, um, and so that uh, an attacker should fool not just one single model, but uh, many of them. And of course, this will, will make the attack much less likely to succeed, uh, but also it will increase compute time and you know, all the compute resources that one needs to hash these, these photos. So, you know, of course, users probably do not want that because that might be draining batteries or just keep your devices busy in doing hashing. Um, another solution is by applying uh, some random transformations to uh, both the images in the datasets and the query image. We know, for example, that some of these attacks, uh, actually almost all of them, are pretty sensitive to rotations, crops, random transformations, and other filtering. And so that might indeed help mitigating uh, the attack with a relatively simple transformation that is probably uh, you know, very light also from a computation perspective. To conclude, I think that you know, this is a good thing. Using deep learning technology for detecting bad behavior or illegal things online, uh, especially in a private service like uh, Apple services in general, I think it's a good thing because I don't look at it as a violation of privacy. Also because, you know, I think we should all stop with this hypocritical thinking. Apple definitely doesn't need to make neural hash available to look at your data. They could do that anytime they wanted. Um, I'm not sure they do, but they can or they could, at least from a technological perspective. So these things need just to be regulated the way Apple or the reasons for which Apple is supposed to look at your photos. And by the way, when we say Apple looking at your photos is an algorithm looking at your photos. It's definitely not a person that is there and uh, inspecting one by one these images. They just need to be regulated. That's it. That's how I would react to the observations that I've been reading about. Thanks for listening. That's it for today. And of course, I renew the invite to our Discord channel. You will find a link on the official website, datascienceathome.com. You've been listening to Data Science at Home podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at datascienceathome.com.